we live? There we, we go. We are live. <laughs> but are we live? I was like smiling like an idiot. <laughs> Hi, YouTube. It's us. It's Natalie and Jules. And this is still comfy. Remember the Titans. I'm this so is a show where Jules and I like to spend our free time watching shows that we loved and cherished and making sure that we can still love and cherish them. Jules, tell everyone who you are. <laughs> Hello, friends. I'm Julia Washington. I'm your host of Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. And also, I do other things. I don't know what that was. And she just stares <laughs> off into the distance to contemplate the term other things. <laughs> I was like, should I say also I like, like, because I'm in the middle of like, greeting card manufacturing right now i think you have, do you have greeting cards right in arms yeah, I, I saw them this one's cute jules is making greeting cards this one turned out okay yeah oh and these ones are the cutest is it the orchid um, no oh no, the orchids are, are beautiful those the aren't in arms are link those aren't in arms reach. that go is to really H cute you can go to hughes by jules on instagram to check out the orchid ones <laughs> So Jules has been making greeting cards and it's, it's the holiday season. And I've just been dedicated to figuring out how the fuck it is. We get Taylor Swift tickets because yeah. they're like 18 steps. There's so many steps that I didn't even try because I kept forgetting because everyone was like, get in line. I'm like, I'll do it. And then I'll I got it. distracted. <laughs> I'll get into the physical line. And then the <laughs> line lived in our heads. Mm -hmm. I'm your host, Natalie Katona, of To All the Men I've Tolerated Before, your weekly look at everyday misogyny. And it's my YouTube channel, so I'm confused why you're here if you don't know who I am. <laughs> um, if you are here, tell us in the comments because we can't see you. We cannot you tell see us. you. YouTube insists that we use a third party system, and therefore your name does not pop up unless you tell us to you're saying hello it's telling me what our wi-fi signal is right now which i'm like that's new oh all right Streamyard. Oh, all right well are you ready to dive in to remember the titans really we should retitle this show to how many times will julia get emotional and cry during this episode all right cool <laughs> i wasn't prepared for that um do you want to do the recap then, or do you want me to do it One Tree Hill style? All right. I will get I will get emotional if I do the recap. <laughs> cool. Um, let me look up the IMDb so I actually know the coaches' real names and not just Denzel and a white guy. Herman Coach Boone and Coach Yost. Is it Bill? I just call him Coach because that's what Hayden Panettiere calls him. Yeah, it's Yost. His last name is Yost. All right. Herman It'll Boone. Her Herman Boone. Yeah. You got mm -hmm. it. You got it. Okay. Herman Boone. Are they in Texas? They're in Virginia. Virginia. That's right. <laughs> that's why they go to Gettysburg. In a little town in Virginia, <laughs> there lives a man named Coach Yost, and he is on the cusp of winning Coach of the Year. And his little girl is very dedicated to him winning that award because her mother has abandoned her. Because his or their dad was so obsessed with football. Right. So she has to be obsessed with football as well in order to earn his love. We've all been there. Tell us in the comments what your dad made you love in order to garner his affection. Jules, what about yours? <laughs> <laughs> was it baseball? 
No, my dad does not like baseball, which is hilarious because his dad loved baseball. So it skipped a generation. Meanwhile, uh, while Coach Yost is preparing for his football season, there is a man played by Denzel Washington, and his name is Coach Boone. And Coach Boone has just been offered the head coaching job of the Titans in order for Virginia to pretend like they have fixed racism. Because what do we know about sports movies? They fix racism. <laughs> they fix everything. They fix everything. Yeah. They fix everything. <laughs> they don't fix domestic violence, though. No, not at any point in time. Um, so then Coach Boone shows up. He's trying to lead his boys who are so excited because the school that the Titans play for is one of the first integrated schools of virginia it's right? one of it's one of the last ones last virginia was ones. one of the last states to integrate <laughs> yeah which is ironic because virginia is the state that gave us the striking down of interracial marriage being illegal you know what our country is a complicated thing <laughs> it's very complicated and our and like my mother our attitudes and our moods change with the wind <laughs> so there's tension there's tension between Boone's players and Yost's players, but they go to camp. They learn to let music soothe their differences. God is a part of it and Gettysburg. And then they come home and they have a perfect season and they fix racism. And that is your recap for Remember the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, the white quarterback gets in a car accident there you go and then dies <laughs> no he gets in a debilitating car accident and then dies 10 years later he doesn't die during the the perfect season that's true he just yells at nurses during the perfect season yes um my first note for the movie i was like because hayden Diana tr is introducing us to the like intro of the movie the and why we're at this funeral and I wrote, notice the date she said was in the 70s. It wasn't until 71 until Alexandria integrated. Mm -hmm. I like to always put the dates out there, even though I don't like numbers, because people are like, oh, you know, when we ended slavery in 1814. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> well, and I think, too, it highlights just how long Brown versus Board of, Brown versus Board of Education took for it to sort of roll out because it wasn't an easy, simple process. I actually think today is the anniversary anniversary of Ruby Bridges um, being one of the first little girls ex allowed to attend, <clears throat> excuse me, a public school. And she's still alive, y'all. She she's is still in alive. her 60s. Like, y'all, this is happy, Ru happy Ruby Bridges Day to Ruby Bridges. And I yeah. hope that when we celebrate this day and you have to look at those pictures all over Instagram, it isn't triggering for you. Yeah. And I do want to add 1971 is the year my parents got married. Oh my so God. So this movie came out in 2000. Mm -hmm. So I'm 16 year old Julia. Mm -hmm. Only having known my family, knowing the history, 1967 is the year Loving versus Virginia, the court struck down, the whole thing. Like I know the inner workings of the loving versus virginia case my knowledge of it nowadays is a little less good, yeah, good. <laughs> but at the time i could tell you exactly like 
who was the hotel that denied them. I could tell you all the things. <clears throat> so in 2000, 16-year-old Julia is watching this movie going, holy shit, that's the year my parents got married. Yeah. And this is like, my dad is from West Virginia, but mm -hmm. still, but still. Yeah. You mean to tell me that my mom and dad had hurdles when they got married mm -hmm. because people didn't like that my daddy was black? Mind-blowing for 16-year-old Julia. Because in my mind at 16, while I had experienced my own issues with people saying weird shit, I didn't fully understand microaggressions because we didn't have a name for it at the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't fully understand like the weird things. And you yeah. just assume that your parents can get freely married and everything nope. is fine. You don't realize they fled to California for safety probably. Yeah. Yeah. Denzel Washington had to tell you that. Denzel Washington had to tell me that. And you know, the funny thing is, is we used to joke that Denzel was a long lost relative. Could have been my only. dad's brother. Because they actually, when they were both like, if you look at them in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, they really do look like they could be related. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, if only. Well, Denzel, no. hit us up if you've done a 23 and me. Yeah, I would be curious because I do find John David Washington, Denzel's son, who is my age, a very attractive man. Weird. He could be your cousin. I know. I just said that out loud. I'm, I, know. I don't know how to hang. It's because we're watching The Crown for the Instagram still comfy. Yeah. So you're like, I could marry my cousin. Who even cares? Who even cares? Who yeah, even yeah. cares? That's Not the queen. The bloodlines. That's how you keep the bloodlines rolling. <laughs> Pure and royal. Yep. Purple as the day they were born. Mm. <laughs> I love Remember the Titan. And this is why. Because as we know, I am vehemently anti-sport. I am anti-sport. And I am specifically anti-football due to the fact that we just ignore concussions and then when those men get violent, we're like, who saw it coming? Who knew that their brain had been rattled around a lot? Who? Not the doctors. Heaven forbid we listen to the doctors. Heaven forbid we ever have science around anything. So I am, as we know, and as we've talked about, anti-sport. But what I love about Remember the Titans is they looked past the football and they actually didn't come together over their silly little game. They came together through the power of music. <laughs> you know they put the music in after, right? <laughs> they shot all the scenes and then they put the music in. Oh, that's Shut not up. true. The, in the locker room. Yeah. And then the singing. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did Louie, Louie, my baby angel, my baby angel Louie. Oh, you gotta come to me. But I refuse to let you go. And then Ryan Gosling's like, Doing this. Skinny Ryan Gosling. Skinny Ryan Gosling. And then his friend hits him and he's like, yeah, I don't like the temptations. Nope. <laughs> nope. That friend. Not a good friend. Not a good friend. There's Wrong always one. History. Dean. Dean. It's you always know? a Dean. It's always a Dean or a Dane. Dean's probably related to Dane Cook somehow. Oh, God. So... I love that, yes, there was sports ball happening. <laughs> and Denzel 
you know, yelled at those boys about the sports the entire movie. But I was like, it was the music that brought them together. It was the chanting. And it was what white people do best, getting on board with Black people's art and making it something that they want to celebrate and chant and do themselves. Yeah. You know, and it, you, you, so there's a scene when they're at camp where, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Gary goes up to Julius and he's like, Mm -hmm. man, you, what is wrong with you? Blah, blah. You're a waste of God given talent. And he's like, you really want to know my opinion? You really want to and lays into him. Yeah. And he's like, why aren't your white boys protecting Rev? Like, if you really want us to be a team and be in this game, you have to be a captain. And so you want to. So if that's not what's going to happen, then I'm going to do my job. I'm going to get mine and I'm going to get out. And Gary's response was, that's the wrong attitude, bitch. No acknowledgement of the fact that your boys are pulling their punches when it comes to protecting Rev. Yeah. And Rev gets hurt over it. Like you and for to me as an adult mm-hmm. and 22 years ago probably didn't register but now as an adult having lived life and done life and experienced people who have interesting life views right that is a classic i'm not the problem you the problem that i, I experienced from people who are usually not people of color yeah it's it's the I'm your buddy in the locker room, but don't expect me to be your buddy out on these streets. Yeah, because you're do- Julius is basically saying you guys are doing the same thing. Like, I'm right. going to get mine. You're going to get yours. Let's all just live in harmony and make everyone think we're fine. Right. And he's like, that's a bad. That's the wrong attitude. Boy, that's what you're doing. That's literally what you're doing, Gary. <laughs> well, and as we've learned through the overturning of Roe v. Wade, there are people that you thought that person's a great person in my life and they support me right up until they get to the voting polls. And that means that they don't support you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That means that they don't, that even though they may tell you every day that they love you and they might buy you birthday presents and all of it, if they truly loved you, they would vote. So you had body autonomy. Yes. So I really appreciate how, and it, granted, it's Disney, it's Jerry Bruckheimer, so there's an element to it that is fantastical in a way. Mm-hmm. With that said, I do think that they do a really good job at showing, like, here's the tension. Because yes. the opening scene, other well, once we get to the flashback, the opening scene is this scene where you have people protesting the murder of a young black man. Mm -hmm. And then you, so you see families and moms and dads just protesting outside of the store. And then the, the football players um, that are under, you know, under coach Yost are what, like, how dare these people protest kind of attitude. And that is such a relatable event because even though this film takes place in 1971, you could drop it 50 years later and it's still shit that's happening today, which again, back to like reference our Thumb and Louise stuff, it's sad that we still have these things that are happening that happened 50 years ago we could drop today and it's still relevant. Right. It's crazy to me how no matter what movie we've watched, we haven't been able to go, wow, I can't believe that's how it went down. Exactly. Honestly, it's so sad. I do want to point out, though, there were a lot of reviewers who didn't understand because, again, it's Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of lack of like pre of um, background information that we don't get. So yeah. so Herman Boone, because Nat- I like to tell Natalie all the time that I've seen him speak 
publicly live and she's like, I don't support. And I'm like, that's fine. And then I get fragile and I go, well, I've had lunch with coach Carter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I acknowledge that you, I appreciate that you acknowledge that you get fragile though. So he, <laughs> I mean, so he, so he moved to Virginia specifically to coach the black high school. Mm-hmm. So then when the high schools integrated, they were like, well, we got to do something with you this gotta guy. You got to do something with you. And he was, you know, and yes, he was originally like brought in to to kind of bring that team together. But at our, our, our resident favorite misogynist, Roger Ebert, was like, I don't understand why he would come from, you know, wherever he came from to Virginia to coach this team. Like, why wouldn't they just hire the black high school coach? Roger Ebert, they did. They did. Um. <laughs> I love that Roger Ebert is talking about Coach Boone like he's Big Bird and like Big Bird didn't make a choice that made sense. And it's like, well, yeah, it's Big Bird. He's a Muppet. Like Boone was a real man who got hired for a job. Yeah. And then his job changed, too. And I appreciate that the film showed that side of the coin as well, where Denzel's Mm -hmm. like, I literally got passed over a job. That's why I came here. And now you're asking me to do the same thing. Like, how can like that's not okay? Granted, he moves on and takes it and does it anyway. But, you know, still, I appreciate that they had the wherewithal to say, like, this is the like, this is literally the same thing. I think, like, what's refreshing about Remember the Titans in comparison to other movies that are trying to be like, we fixed racism with sports and the arts. We did it. Um is that there is almost an absence of a white savior complex mm-hmm. because everyone is so integrated into the story. Yeah. So it's like, yes, Gary pulled his weight after Julius called him out to get people on board with being a team. But Julius also had to do that as well as Yost got a raw deal and mm-hmm. was technically demoted, but it was only because Boone got a raw deal and also got put into the situation that he did not sign up for. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Boone got hired, didn't know the ropes of Virginia high school. And Yost was like, it's okay, buddy. We'll be friends. And it'll and it'll all work out like Sandra Bullock in the blind side. Yeah. Where they just like show like two really like tense scenes. And you're like, oh, that's right. Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And then Sandra Bullock's like. But it's okay, because tomorrow we're going to have pancakes right before practice. <laughs> You're like, oh, Sandy B, she fixed it. She fixed it. And they she won an award. <laughs> do you know They what, always like, win awards. <laughs> do, you know, do you know that, like, the thing that bothered me about Blindside is that I, for whatever reason, probably because I didn't. I don't sport is I didn't understand like the crooked side of college football. Mm. So I'm like, why are they kicking that boy out of school? And my boyfriend at the time had to be like, well, they think that Sandra Bullock and her husband recruited him on purpose for Ole Miss. And I was like, do people do that? And he's like, yes. (laughs) I go, so people adopt children off the street (laughs) to be like, you should play for my alma mater. Make that make sense to me. It's kind of a crazy thing. Like, you know, my son's, played sports and then he did summer before freshman year baseball camp and that was his realization of like oh this is a fun game for me Mm -hmm. and and he's very talented and naturally gifted as an athlete so it's kind of like one of those things where the system sort of crushes the soul because he realized like this is a like there's a lot of shitty things that go on here to get to the next level to get to the next level 
and so on. And he, he was just like, I don't want, I just want to play ball. Like that's mm-hmm. all I want. Um, so he, he stepped down, which that's a decision he'll have to deal with his whole life on whether or not it ended up being a good one or not. But I do appreciate that he realized like there are hoops, there are games within the game. And mm-hmm. I don't think I want to do it because in you, but here's the thing that's really sad about it is a 13 year old shouldn't have to be like aware of that and be like, Oh, this is the reality. I just mm-hmm. want to play a team sport. Yeah. Exactly. So I like rage in a man's bedroom. I was like, is that really how it fucking goes? I go, it's literally a game. And he's like, well, in the South, he goes, you watched Friday Night Lights and read the book. (laughs) I was like, I did. (laughs) I did. And I thought that, remember the Titans, Denzel also throws up after the first game. But then I was like, no, that's Kyle Chandler in Friday Night Lights. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Denzel throws up before the first game. Oh, there it is. Because he finds out before the first game that the minute his team loses, mm-hmm. they're firing him. Yeah. Um, well, and I think a great scene that illustrates your son's point and why he quit is the is when one of those poor boys tells Denzel that he's here to have a good time and Denzel screams at him, Oh, is this a fun game? And I was mm-hmm. like, I think, I think it's supposed to be coach. I don't know though. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? And I love PD's story. And Donald mm-hmm. Faison, you are still in my heart. I love you. And I probably will love you forever. Please don't do anything weird. Um, What I loved about PD's storyline. And so remember the Titans is one of the ones I'll put on in the background when mm-hmm. I need a good cry or just when I need to feel something. Yeah. <laughs> and this time around. So I haven't watched it probably since before summer of 2020 because I was working so much blah blah this time around watching PD's storyline unfold was totally different here you have this sweet kid he just wants to have a good time on a football team he's got a big personality he's a lot of fun he's full of joy he's Mm -hmm. black joy embodiment for a man the world is trash to him yeah Denzel sees and knows what the road is ahead of him And his version of preparing him for that doesn't bode well for Petey, Mm -hmm. with Petey rather. So then comes Coach Yost, who's like, come work, play for me. And he fucking crushes it. Yeah. But then Boone says to Yost, you're not doing these boys any favors. And by boys, I mean the black kids. Yeah. Because the world is going to be angry and mean and awful to them. And and Yost doesn't get it because Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to live that life. But what I thought was so interesting this time, what I realized this time was how much a joyful black boy really and truly isn't allowed to exist because the harshness of the reality and being prepared for that didn't work for Petey. He doesn't respond to that. It makes him feel overwhelmed. It makes him feel bad about himself. It makes him feel low, whereas Julius can handle it. Julius handles it differently. He can handle that kind of like garbage pressure that mm-hmm. is happening. He is, in my mind, Denzel, future yeah. Denzel. Whereas Petey's like, I can't hang with this sort of like scream at me tactic, which is pretty much what the world is going to do to Petey the rest of his mm-hmm. life. And that just broke my heart because it's how many little happy boys are we killing because 
we have to be like this is the harsh reality when you have when you encounter you know what i mean like it, yeah. it, it plays into my conversations i've had on my show where we don't get to be wild mm-hmm. and free because that could let lead us to death no i i taught an entire charter school full of them for two years yeah where it was very clear from the administration and why I had to leave that we could only have fun on someone else's terms and we couldn't have fun in the way that was natural for my kids. Yeah. So it had to be controlled fun, quiet fun, like not a lot of body movement fun. And if we were going to have a pep rally or a little moment of celebration, it was going to be for the state testing. Yeah. And, and I think that's part, it ties into why HBCUs are so important sometimes, Mm -hmm. not sometimes, because it creates this element of, you know, you get to be wild and free and, and, and not have to worry um, to an extent. I can't speak from personal experience because I did not go off to college. (laughs) Um, But from what I understand from my people I know who have, you know, it's a different, it's like you get to experience what it would be like if the world was void of racism. Yeah. And then to like. And then what ends up happening to these little boys and the PD is they do become surly and then they become that kid in your classroom who's always got an attitude, who always cops a tone, who always doesn't want to do nothing because it's like you're always the most. And I'm like, yeah, I am always the most. Like I thought we could just do just dance for a little bit. Yeah. And, and it's really hard. And I appreciate you bringing that up about PD because he is the one that's constantly punched down on. Mm-hmm. Cause he doesn't know. He has the same problem that I do. We don't know when to watch our mouths. Well, and he's in early on when they're at camp, the Dean, do you have a daddy? I have a father is PD's response. So that to me means that he has a tense relationship with his dad. Mm -hmm. And so then I interpret that as his dad probably mirrors Denzel in his approach. And that could be why he's very sensitive to it rather than learning the language of your child and helping them thrive in that language. You're pushing them down and trying to make them fit into a box. And again, we've talked about this before it's the generations before response to keep you safe, yeah. but it doesn't feel like it. Right. It doesn't feel like we're being kept safe. It feels like we're being like Put very down. like, like squished, mm-hmm. just like tampered down, mm-hmm. doled out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I love PD. I love Petey. I mean, honestly, that's the guy I would have dated in high school. Mm-hmm. He would have been my favorite student in class. I love the mouthy ones in class because I myself am mouthy. And the fun thing about mouthy kids is you can get mouthy with them and you can mm-hmm. literally tell them anything. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's a great because then they feel respected. Yeah. Like there's an element to it. And it just I it hit me this time. His story hit me differently this time because it was a reminder. I think it was me realizing just how much this system hurts boys mm-hmm. that aren't strong and stoic. Yeah. Cause Petey's strong in his own way. He's mm-hmm. just not stoic like Julius is. Right. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. That highlights a lot of what I struggled with when I was leaving the school that I was teaching because I was tired of having meeting after meeting mm-hmm. where I was just screaming. What would it be like if we were just happy for our kids? Honestly. 
what would it be like if instead of telling these six kids, you're always in the red, you need to get out of the red, this, that, and the other, we just thank them for not throwing a chair at me during the stressful uh, test, because sometimes that is my expectation. And that's probably the only way they know how to communicate at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there comes a point where it's like, what is going on in that person's life that's putting them in this situation like children aren't we should not expect children Mm -hmm. even high school kids the expectation to have children through the age of 25 to be fully formed functioning humans is just cruel when we do nothing to help them out correct because all these monthly assessments that kids go through and whatever and constantly being told that they're in the red or the triangle group or the like you know you know you know when you're in the lowest rating Mm -hmm. group it doesn't help. It doesn't help to continuously make them take those tests and know that like, hey, here's a test at a fourth grade reading level. Good luck with your first grade brain. Mm-hmm. Because we wouldn't, ha- and I've said that before, I go, you wouldn't hand that, I go, should I da- go down the hall and hand this test to one of the first graders? And they were like, uh, uh, uh. and I'm like, so my student doesn't understand phonics, but he has to take this test because he's nine. Make yeah. it make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're setting kids up for failure. And then you add the layer of racism, which a child of 10 should never have to deal with. But we saw Mm -hmm. what they did to Ruby Bridges and all the other little children of the world who have been treated poorly because of the color of their skin. So, yeah, okay. Like, I'm sorry. It's not okay. It's not okay that the only people who can live wild and free and be fully formed and fleshed out with no problems whatsoever are white and privileged and when i refer to privilege i mean money in this mm -hmm. well and given the chance to actually make mistakes yes right because children are like pd what pd none of them none of the kids even and even herman boone as a man is -hmm. not allowed to make mistakes one loss and he's out i'm sorry sports are not easy no and like i said we can be joe montana or whatever big baseball player or aaron judge or whatever we like to pretend we could do it when we talk shit on shows and these commentators on twitter but y'all know you cannot hit like these men so and it's like when we were doing a league of their own and i was like they're supposed to be a loser yeah there's always going to be someone that comes in last yeah, there's always going to be someone who doesn't run as fast as the last guy or Mitch misses a catch or whatever. To me, that's what makes the game exciting. Yes. Is the fumbles and the stumbles and how you overcome. But hey, yeah. let's all play perfect games and just give millions of dollars for the same outcome all the time. And establishing that expectation is not okay. And we see, but we see for the Titans, it works out because in the final game, when, you know, Herman's like, y'all did great. This is a great season. I'm proud of y'all. Just go out there and have fun. And Julius is like, with all due respect, sir, you've demanded perfection. So that is what we are doing. Yeah. And because it's Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer, it works out. But in reality, there's a lot of pressure. And how mm. many of those kids have like serious issues now because of that demand for perfection? Well, and how many of those kids went home to a dad who's like, you can't lose a season thinking that you'll play ball next season. Yeah. 
And then all of the ways that we tie sports into the privilege to go to school mm-hmm. and the privilege to get out of your town. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a gateway for a lot of kids. Like my mom, when she was working in mental health services at a university, she had a student athlete who broke a body part during practice mm-hmm. on scholarship. Mm-hmm. So she's feeling all the feels and, you know, it's just heartbreaking the amount of pressure we put on 18 year olds. It's not okay. Yeah, it's not okay. And it reflects a lot about how we view ourselves in this existence of our society. Anyways, like yesterday I was at book club. I did not read the book that was, that I overheard these people discussing. I was discussing another book. What book book was book club reading? Oh, you told me. Never mind. There were three. Okay. The Witches of Eastwick, which I read 4% of because do you know who should never write about witches? Men. Men. (laughs) Then there was this science book, Homo Deus. And it's about like the evolutions of humans, I Hmm. believe. And I guess someone had gotten to a part of the book where they're like, we're going to eradicate jobs to the point with technology to the point where we will have more people on this earth than we do logical jobs oh and i looked at my friend sam because they were like trying to discuss well what does that look like what happens and i looked at sam and i went that's not the fucking goal we're not making robots so we don't have to work anymore like why wouldn't that be the goal i go shouldn't that be the fucking goal is that like one day we all just get to exist because the computer's got it and someone just has to turn on the computer But it's this whole thing that we're like all tied up and like, well, our value is our labor and our labor is our love. (laughs) All of it. I mean, it's just all capitalistic bullshit. It's all capitalistic bullshit, y'all. The only reason why we have to work for money is because of capitalism. I mean, they weren't doing that shit before people discovered money. Like, remember when people just bartered and traded and... Artery makes so much sense to me. Harvested the land so they could survive. Like, that's what you, that's, I mean, granted, I do not want to be in charge of killing tonight's dinner. With that said, I will happily build a hut so we have shelter when it snows. Yeah, correct. I was, we were, we talked about that too. We're like, money doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. At, at this point, it's not even physical. It's just a number in my phone. I don't care what that number is. Honestly, I mean, the last time, because somebody, so somebody ordered some uh, greeting cards. And I was like, yeah, totally. She's like, I don't do Venmo. I can pay you cash or check. And I was like, I don't even know the last time I got paid in a check. <laughs> but also, like, when's the last time I had cash in the house? Like, I know people you know who- what I mean? Yeah, I know people who don't know how to fill out checks. And I'm like, it's all labeled. (laughs) It is all labeled for what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. So it'll make sense. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense that football just can't be a game. And it has to be this thing where we can't under, where we built sports to have winners and losers. Mm -hmm. But then we're like, but don't be the loser. And I'm like, I get it. But yeah, there's remember, always going to be a loser. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting, too, I don't know, you, since you don't pay attention to sport, and I have paid attention, I don't really fully pay attention to football. It has to make, like, the networks or NPR for me to know what's mm-hmm. going on. But there was a serious issue with the NCAA, which is, you know, the college level yeah. sporting, whatever. And 
the amount of money that universities are allowed to make off of student athletes and like their images. And so like, yeah, that's what pissed me off during blindside. Yeah. And like, so the ability, because it's part of the thing, like if you're a student athlete, you can't do endorsement deals. You can't no. do any of this stuff. And but so, the schools can, but the schools can. So now, now there was a court case that was challenging that. I don't remember where it came from. It might've been, it might've been from one of the states in the South, but there's a court case there was or is a court case challenging that and it is or will be going to the Supreme Court. I think they covered that on another one of my favorite teen trash shows, Grownish. I love Grownish. Oh my God. I don't think it's a trash show. I think nothing on Freeform is job. Nothing on Freeform is trash. I'm just continuously told that it's trash. Who's telling you that Freeform is trash? Take a guess. You know the people who don't like to believe I'm smart. Freeform has a lot of really brilliant and it's like subtly brilliant. So they're yeah. like subtly infiltrating the next generation. By the children are getting yeah. It right. Yeah. And it's like, so they, so they've been branded as trash. Uh -huh. So it's non-threatening, I guess. Mm -hmm. Speaking of no one wanting to believe that I'm smart. I audibly groaned during the line where they told Yost we had to give them something. I'm like that attitude still persists today. Mm-hmm. Because I've had men ask me, well, Namely, do you want them to set jobs aside for women or do you want to know that you're talented and good enough for that job? I go, number one, I know that I'm fucking fantastic. So walk yourself back. <laughs> walk it back. Yeah. I know exactly how talented I am and where my skills lie. Thank you. Thank you. Also, I try to explain to people when they want to get mad that we let black people and women into Middle Earth. And I'm like, listen. And they're like, they just did it to make a point. I'm like, because we're still making points. And we've been making points for 40 to 60 years. Yeah. And y'all still won't just naturally hire a Black person to be an elf in Middle Earth. So they got to hold jobs. And they got to write about it in Variety. Yeah. And affirmative action, again, is going to the Supreme Court for mm -hmm. college acceptances. And it's just really frustrating because if it really truly was an equal playing field then we mm -hmm. wouldn't have underfunded schools right you get to talk to me about how talented or not talented i feel i am in the workforce when i make 100 percent of the dollar a man makes yeah that fair and we don't need to set aside jobs when we actually have equitable education mm -hmm. and access to resources because when i was looking at SAT prep for my yeah. son, two thousand dollars. Fuck that. I was like, I I don't even like I don't even at the time I wasn't even making enough to pay one like there was no expendable cash. So here is my very intelligent child who has to figure out how to study for the SATs on his own with no help. Still managed to get a thirteen hundred. Very proud of him for that. No, what about what the fact that you have to pay sixty dollars a test? We didn't have to because we qualified. Our whole school district was like, "Oh, look at that! Everyone is pretty much poor, so we're letting we're paying for it." Thank um, God. Yeah, but it's like, but again, you're, to your point, like not every school district is in a position where they can be like, "We're just going to cover the cost for all of our students." Like, I was floored that my friend's kids don't have free and reduced lunch, not because of her neighborhood, but because I thought it had finally become the norm. Oh my gosh. So in California, during the pandemic, every school, 
every child who was in a school that was affected by the closure got mm -hmm. a pandemic EBT card. Yeah. Did they do we that did, in Ohio too? We did something like that, at least in Dayton. Okay. Or we had like packed lunches set up. Yeah. Like, so, so that made a huge difference mm -hmm. because we did a lot of, because we didn't really qualify for EBT, even though I didn't really have a lot of expendable cash. Right. So it was a, it made a huge difference in our yeah. budget, like massive. Like we were not feeling like the feeling of being hungry and not having satisfying food for three years didn't exist. Mm-hmm. As opposed to prior to that was, you're hungry. I worked 12 hours. Let's call a grandparent to have dinner because you probably, because his breakfast consisted of a muffin. Yeah. And lunch was whatever school was serving. Which isn't always great. And for a high energy person who burns a lot of calories, never enough. Never enough. They're very small portions and he has 7.5 minutes to eat it. Yeah. And then he's hungry again. And it's just yeah. the whole system, the whole system and structure makes zero sense. It's not no. about community. It's not about health and wellness and, and not in the way that health and wellness has been commandeered by these like people who, you know what I'm talking about. I know the people. Yeah. The people that we talk yeah. about on the show. <laughs> yeah. It just makes uh, me cranky. We should probably get back on topic. So. You probably cry as soon as Hayden Panettiere starts talking in this movie. But <laughs> I, the first, I clocked every time I cried. Um, because I've never, I, I don't think I've cried. I think the only sports movie I've cried during was Radio. Oh, that was like, that cried, was, yeah, I haven't seen I that movie in forever. Radio. I've only seen it once yeah. because I'm like, I can't even tell if this is a nice movie. I was wrecked. <laughs> I'm just wrecked, Cuba. I'm just wrecked. Um, yeah. So I very rarely cry during the sports movies. And so I clocked every time I cried. And the first time I cried was when all of Boone's neighbors showed up. In his oh, my God. That's literally the first time I cried, too. Yeah. Second time when Louis showed up, when he just came running into the gym with yeah. all of the black players and he didn't understand why it was so weird for him to be there. I'm like, Louie, you angel. Are you lost? Hey, they know. said football, so I came running. <laughs> I gotta be in school anyways. Might as well help, hit people. I'm like, that's yeah. how I go through life. <laughs> I love that scene, too. And, I you know, him. I think it, it really shows, too, like, again, he's an army brat. And the same mm -hmm. thing with California, with Sunshine. Like, it's same similar thing. Like, the army does... The army does give a shit because the army was segregated for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But by the time Vietnam came along, the army was just like, we will take people. Anybody. 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 And, and, and Sunshine and Louie were sort of that representation of like, hey, the world is bigger than this. Y'all are being dumb. Let's just do. Yeah. There's a lot that I feel grateful for when it comes to the neighborhoods that I ended up teaching in mm -hmm. because I fully believe that that's what made me the most empathetic and accepting person that I am today. Cause I lived in whitey white, Indiana mm -hmm. where you like to pretend that you're very accepting right up until you're put to the test mm -hmm. and you're in an environment that is not your own. Yeah. I am lectured every time I might breathe in Chicago about yeah. what safety looks like in Chicago. And I'm like, I've never felt unsafe in Chicago because I know how to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because when you, so when you bring that up, the whole, um, 
um, being aware and paying attention and all that with coach Yost, everyone's so angry that he's not quote doing more to yeah. be like on the white side of things. Mm-hmm. He's always acting in the best interests of his players. Yeah. And even if it in the beginning is just in the best interest of the white players, he really does take a turn when he takes on PD and, mm-hmm. under, and begins to fully understand like, Oh, like we need to just be there for the boys. And then it really takes a turn when yeah. he realizes that they were just out to, to tank Boone, no matter what. Yeah. My first year of teen Jane in my rougher school in a rougher neighborhood, I was mama mm-hmm. and my, co-teacher who had them for math and science and I had them for reading and social studies. Um, He was a black man and he was a large black man. And he would tell people when mama's happy, we're all happy. So would you like to see her smile again? Act right. Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot out of those kids and it taught me a lot about our world and how we talk to kids in our world and how all of these things that happened and remember the Titans still happen today in our American school systems. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all PD. Yeah. They're all little kids just told to be sitting down quiet. And we've got, we, we like to pat ourselves on the back to be like, we've come so far. We have title one reading support and we use the term neurodivergent now. And it's like, we haven't fucking done anything except for put stickers on things. So we feel better. Yeah. Honestly, like there's a, there was a point in the movie where I did get increasingly uncomfortable because of the realities of the situation. Right. Like on the daily show, was it Roy Wood Jr. Or was it Trevor Noah himself? Like he did this bit about how there was a portion of a specific state that banned to, you know, there was the banning of slavery and like, Mm -hmm. it was still like a very small percentage, but enough of a percentage that didn't vote or either didn't vote. No one banning slavery. Yeah. So my first thought was like, okay, so that bill or whatever it was, was probably written very confusingly. So maybe those people were like, we don't know, but then, but then I was like, but let's be real. If it says, because in California, in the sample ballot, it'll tell you, voting no does this. Voting yes does this. Yeah. And so if voting yes makes, because we had that issue in, in, in 2008 with Prop 8, voting mm-hmm. yes on Prop 8 kept marriage between a man and a woman. So you wanted to vote no on Prop 8. Right. So voting no on Prop 8 means you legalize marriage for everybody. So I literally had to make posters that said prop eight is hate. They had to make it a rhyme. So people would vote correctly. Exactly. And it was the same with proposition one here in our state. Just recently prop one, if you voted, no, it kept it in this abortion at the same level. But if you Mm -hmm. voted, yes, it codified it and made it a constitutional right. Yeah. So, and like, there was a lot of confusion for people around that. And they do that that on purpose. Yeah, and I'm like, it's 2022 and you have to ask, should we ban slavery? Well, Even though the 13th Amendment essentially like legalizes slavery if somebody's, quote, a criminal. But that's a whole Mm. other conversation. I saw the Netflix documentary. (laughs) I opened Those types of things kind of made me uncomfortable because it's just like we're still doing things to set up for failure. And we're still having to vote on things so that way my people could be a little bit more human well, and 
At what point does it not have to be a vote anymore and it just gets to be like an oopsie, we left this in the Constitution for too long? Thank you. Like, at what point does anyone in the government actually do their job and be like, we believe in freedom in this country that we lie to you about freedom in? <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. Elon Musk is totally creating a completely horrific environment with Twitter. I understand. Because watching it fall apart is hilarious. Because it. watching a man who we've all been told is a genius, a genius. not a brilliant genius, come to light is such great, such great. It's it's so validating. But I love also, the like it's Santa with a check mark being all like, I love gay rights. And I'm like, do it, Santa. Do it, Santa. <laughs> but also when the congressperson or senator who somebody was able to verify themselves as him makes a statement of like fix it or we'll fix it for you sir you have other shit to fix first like yeah, we don't need to worry basic about human rights <laughs> we don't need to worry about twitter take the app off i hate twitter it's a cesspool <laughs> yeah like worry about elon and twitter later i want to make sure that if i have to go to a state they can't lynch me so i had a revelation during the scene during the parade of white male ego where all of the white players just silently came in with Yoast and then just mean mugged everybody. Yeah. And I was like, oh, remember the Titans was the first time I clocked that white men literally just believe that they get it, that yeah. they don't have to try to get it, that they don't have to try out, that they don't have to work for it. Yeah. My God, I've been playing for football for three years. Why wouldn't I get to play for four? And that's their attitude. Yeah. Because if it, wasn't their attitude when there were more people to try out football they would have just gone to tryouts but instead they had to parade their white male egos around and make a stink and be like oh don't worry i'm starting my daddy's white and he's rich okay and it <laughs> okay. plays into that um idea that if you work really hard you earn things yeah yes so like well i put in my time okay mm -hmm. calm down yeah i put in my time too and i'm still getting fucked over so <laughs> right y'all lied to us about what would make us successful uh-huh i would like to have a word with denzel and or coach boone y'all lied oh, coach boone r.i.p <laughs> the real coach boone r.i.p i'll light a candle tonight yeah <laughs> Maybe Yost is around and he'll talk to me. Also RIP. <laughs> I'll get the Ouija. Um, but yeah, like, what's my note for it? It just goes, oh, here it comes, the parade of white male egos. For me, it's the idea that white men have never felt like they should have to compete to be better. Mm. They never. I get your jobs. I'm a white man. Yeah. I get to play football. If I say I get to play football, I'm a white man. Yeah. If I want to push you around a little bit and tell my cop friends it was no big deal, I can because I'm a white man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was legal to beat your wife bit. until like 50 years ago. Yeah, Get my dinner. Uh, why would I come home and my dinner isn't ready by 630? I'm a white man. I don't understand. Y'all need to start spotting it out. And don't you tell me I'm wrong. Don't you tell me I'm wrong. Because remember the Titans showed me. Y'all mm -hmm. watched it. Mm hmm <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you all like to tell me that's not my attitude at all. Until you're like you said earlier, until you're challenged. Right, until you're challenged. And I go, I don't want to go to Chili's. 
I want sushi tonight. And then y'all mad because you're like, the margaritas are $5 at Chili's. And I'm like, you know? And those baby back ribs. Baby back ribs. Baby back, baby back. Chili's, baby back ribs. I don't even, I, I, we've had this conversation. I don't, I, if anybody in my area is listening, I need to know, do we still have a Chili's? Cause I don't Listen, know. You may not have been in a Chili's recently, but you were working at Applebee's. Yeah. You were in the bastard son's Applebee's. You belong at Applebee's. <laughs> you know why? Cause they're water- Applebee's is what I refer to it. As. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they are, they do free meals for vets and my dad's yep. a vet. So we go every yep. year. It's my only, I literally go to Applebee's once a year. <laughs> no. Then I have this whole mindset where I'm like, is Boone the reason? Denzel, are you the reason I was so sarcastic with those poor children? (laughs) And I used to just look at them and be like, let me tell you about life one more time. Come over here. Let me tell you about life, the Kroger, and how you're not acting that way outside Mm. of my gaze. (laughs) And then I went, and then he denied those boys water for like hours. And I was like, Boone, let those boys drink water. We're supposed to hydration is important to athletes and your joints and especially it's august in august virginia. virginia like that shit is humid no let those boys have some water what are we trying to prove yeah the men in gettysburg would give those boys water boom. it was such a like it's such a it that's and it's such a it's a tactic that even i think the military uses like break mm-hmm. them down break mm-hmm. them down so they still come to you yep well, and that's how we're taught to teach, coach, and lead. Yeah. Which, we'll lead with kindness. Which we learn doesn't bode well with people like Petey. Yeah. Why do a lot of kids that are neurodivergent have a hard time in the classroom? Because classrooms are taught to be a dictatorship. Yeah. Where it's like teachers are like, teachers are like God. Yeah. And you're just supposed to do what I say because I'm the adult in this room. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because... I don't, we, well, I, this is not the time and place for that conversation. And there are, yeah, there are a ton of teachers who are fighting that narrative all the time. A lot of them are getting fired. I see on TikTok. Yeah. A lot of them are getting on fi- getting fired because as a former teacher, that is never how I wanted to teach. Yeah. I wanted to sing temptations. I wanted to teach math with remember the Titans chants. Yeah, I wanted to have brain breaks. I wanted water in my classroom. Snacks, please. I love a snack. Yeah. It's but inter- we boil down children to numbers in this mm-hmm. country. And mm-hmm. um, no one believes that water is going to get your test scores up. So yeah, I had to rein it in and then I had to quit. Yeah. I noticed a lot of people that I really admired as instructors started leaving it is common core is that everywhere it's supposed to be that's why it's common okay oh, california oh. california does its thing and then the rest people of the adopt it and then people don't adopt it and then it's like so, so what is it yeah so when common core kind of started popping up i noticed mm-hmm. a lot of the teachers that i had were kind of mm-hmm. like how can i shift my career so i can still be effective but then yeah. also not have to do common core <laughs> Where are my teachers at? What are your most hated phrases when it comes to teaching? Mine, rigorous. Was your lesson plan rigorous? I don't want my day to be rigorous. I want my day to be right at the level that I can complete it at. 
you know that you and you're familiar with this phrase too the school to prison pipeline really yeah. still predominantly represents you know a lot of like there's still a lot of statistics that support it when it comes to the black community what i think feel like is happening now is that it's just any school that's potentially not funded properly um mm-hmm. because that's how when, we get schools for profit mm-hmm. like, i mean i sent my son to a charter school for crying out loud from k to eight and mm-hmm. it was a public charter so it was a part of the public um county school system with that said it's still like we still had it was still it still was just different yeah and it makes and I and I'm I am part of the problem because I sent my son to a charter school, but I also recognize that a public a traditional public school was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. They were gonna it was gonna kill his spirit. They were mm-hmm. gonna punish him for for being a little boy mm-hmm. rather than like anything. And he's so bright and so and so like fourth day of preschool, he comes home and he goes, "Are they gonna teach us anything I don't know?" <laughs> Probably not, son. Well, I told him, I was like, hang in there, baby. We don't know what they're going to teach him because he's being raised by me, two teachers, my mother who was a librarian before becoming a social worker, and my politically active dad. Like, (laughs) Probably not, son. Probably not. And neither will college, which he already learned. Yeah. And he, you know, and it's hard because like we value not having your phone around the dinner table. Mm -hmm. We value putting, you know, investing in time and having spirited conversations and reading and being up to date on, you know, what's going on in the world. And he came home and he's like, I'm learning. People just don't do that. And it's so foreign to me. I don't understand. Like, this is a generational thing. My grandparents mm-hmm. on both sides were like this. We did not have family get-togethers that were not full of conversations about like. Listen, you know my people like to sit in a. Listen, we don't talk smart, but we like to get in a circle and tell stories in the round. But that's <laughs> like still an element. Forest. Yeah, but that's there's still an element there too, right? Like that's like oral history storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's a huge like that's still part of it. Yeah, and I think. I don't know. I don't know. I hate to be one of those like, fuck, because, you know, the millennials, we were the youngest ones for the longest time. And now, like, some of us are hitting middle age. I don't blame these younger kids, though. I don't blame these young kids for how they like how disconnected we all became. Yeah, because it all started when we took away recess at school. You can quote me. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Yeah. When we decided that recess was not a fundamental skill for students and that they should have no time to socialize. We just, sorry, go ahead. And then everyone wants to be like, why are the kids so weird? (laughs) Why do they only want to talk to their phones and not look anyone in the eye? And I'm like, cause they've never looked anyone in the eye. That's another reason why I chose to send them to the charter school because they did lunchtime as family style. And I was like, as a, partial italian that is appealing to me because you manja with the people you love yes like you sit and community and there's so much community and sitting around and eating a meal together right and i love like that was a huge draw for me it was like yeah sit around the table a bunch of six-year-olds it may not make any fucking sense but it's a skill yeah do you know how many kids I run into that have a real fucking problem during art class? Because it's all, oh my God. 
Okay, can I just tell you? I'm very yeah. proud of California. I mean, proudish because we had a proposition that was like, should art be a part of the normal funding in schools? Yes. Rather than like a thing that goes first when we have money problems. Mm -hmm. And it overwhelmingly passed. So art is now a part of like regular curriculum. Thank fucking God. And give it up to these art teachers because I had to do it during COVID. I had to teach kids art during COVID because I was tutoring. And I was like, let's play with Play-Doh. And kids don't know how to do it. And it's stressful because they don't know how to take a nothing and make it a something. You just need time to sit around and be bored for a minute and then figure shit out. I don't even know. Are kids allowed to be bored anymore? I don't know. And, and this is why I feel like an old ass person when I say shit like this. Put it in the comments if you're a parent. Has your Gen Zer ever taken liquid glue and put it on their hands and then peeled it off because <laughs> that's how we were geniuses <laughs> or like i used to do i don't know if i'd take a pencil because we yeah. weren't allowed mechanical pencils growing up but i would take yeah. a pencil and just tap 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 uh -huh. tap it and then just doodle and then start uh -huh. writing and then it turned into something like people laugh at me for doodling i'm like i gotta be doing something you boring well and it turns into something right like yeah. i don't know i've my mother tells a story that I couldn't leave the house without a pencil and paper because I had to write down everything I observed. Still true to this day. Mm -hmm. However, had she not forced us to have, quote, quiet time where we had to do something that didn't, and at the time, phone screens weren't a thing. Right. Um, would I have turned into a person who sat down during that hour and wrote stories or made up stories for my dolls or started doodling on paper, which has now turned into what's becoming a lucrative greeting card design situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Listen, thank God that remember the Titans put me music in their movie. So I would pay attention. Yeah. Oh, you didn't, I, you didn't find any of, well, I mean, I guess this question is stupid, but I, I, I did. <laughs> did you like find any of them cute? Yeah. Denzel's voice was like butter. He, oh my god, Denzel! Does he? Three do is ugly as sin. So if you're trying to get me to admit that that man was good looking, he Who? looks like Gary? a Gary. No, I didn't. I thought Julius was so. Julius handsome. was beautiful, beautiful man. And then we got you know baby Ryan Gosling and Sunshine. Mm -hmm. And oh, Rev was so god. cute too. I love Rev. Rev was so handsome, but Julius was like, "Oh, you a man?" Listen. <laughs> Oh, you a man. You a man and I'm here for it. My phone number is this. Find Bye. me at this address. <laughs> Sorry. Can we talk about Dean? There's always a Dean. There's always a Dean. And I, this is my note. Dean is a great example of how even when hate is in small numbers and no longer cool, there's always that one asshole who cannot deal. Yep. And Gary's girlfriend, Hannah, Anna, whatever. Whatever her name is. She, she, Kate Bosworth, she gets over it. Like, mm -hmm. she's like, I can't change his heart. I'm like, girl, I've been there, but like, you on the wrong side of history on this one. Like, mm -hmm. changing your hair, very hard. Changing how you feel about Black people, mm, maybe reconsider on whether or not that's hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but Dean, uh, and like, we all know a Dean. We all know a dean who will literally sit there and argue with you about how, why, about, well, women have babies and they have to leave the workforce and that's why we don't pay them. What? <laughs> 
it's for their that uh pay reduction that's for the eventual maternity leave and i'm like i don't want kids and they're like well i don't know you shouldn't have had a uterus son you should have tried being us and it's i'm like your fault though that you you're trying to outlaw that surgery in the united states as well so stop yeah like um, okay thanks thank you <laughs> Dean's a pile of shit. Dean's a pile of shit. And good on Gary, because I feel like that was a really good moment, too. Because how many of us still have our shitty friends around? Mm. Not me. I got rid of them all. But how many of us still have our shitty friends around because they've been around since kindergarten? And you're like, man, he says some ignorant shit, so I'm not going to bring him around my cool new friends. But I guess I'm still going to call him every Thursday. Stop calling him. Yeah. <laughs> Stop yeah. It. Yeah, because you are the company you keep. As much as I want to, as much as I wish that weren't true, because I have been in friend groups that I didn't realize were doing shitty things after mm -hmm. I went home. Mm -hmm. They like at least had the wherewithal to not include me in that stuff. But if everyone knows that you do X and we hang out, they're just going to assume I do it too, regardless yeah. of what time you start doing it. Right. Um, but I appreciate that when. You know, because in the beginning, he's like, Rev better be grateful that I even bothered to block his black ass and then makes that veiled threat of like all, you know, I'm biding my time. And then he acts on it mm -hmm. in the most. In, in a way that's very easy to argue that he doesn't act on it. Yeah. And Gary is in a moment where he could be like, I back up, you know, I don't know. It just happened. Rev got her or he could do what he did, which was coach. He did that on purpose. It that was shitty. And you know what? Good on Gary too, because he knew Dean and he knew Dean's mom and he had known any new Dean's last name because it floors me the way that white men will jump into loyalty over other white men that they have never met. It could be a hypothetical white man that doesn't even exist. And you still won't admit that they're wrong. All the men who still support Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Like, all the buddies that you watched uh, drug girls drinks. And you're like, man, if only it was easier for him to get chicks, he'd stop doing that. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. We just got to set him up with the right one. Don't do that. Don't do that. She's probably Don't do getting that. abused. Yeah. But yeah, like the Dean of it all, because we all still know Deans and like, we're still all kind of blindsided by them because at least some of them have learned how to be quiet, mm -hmm. but it's the quiet ones that are tricky because mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're at Thanksgiving and they said something ignorant and you're like, fuck, we've been married for four years. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've had that dating situation multiple times. I think one of the bachelorettes never came public about it, but it was during the height of COVID. And I think that the man that she chose for her final rose said something ridiculous and racist during the George Floyd, um, mm. right. Uh, the, when all of that was happening and was a Trump supporter and everything. And she's like, fuck, I got to go. And everyone had like their conspiracy theories. And I was like, you think that bachelorette is the only woman who is going to bed every night being like, this is the man I chose. He hates women and people of color and the gays and his vote cancels out my vote, which means I don't get body autonomy. And I have been married to him for 12 years. And even worse, have children with him. <laughs> and have children with him. 
Mm-hmm. So there's many hymns running around. The shock, and I know I talk about it every show, but the shock that overcomes my friend's face when I tell them, uh, that means that he doesn't value you. What? He talks about he talks to you that way because he does not value your labor. Yeah. Yeah. He does not value what you bring to your own goddamn home. Yeah, it's like the whole argument when people were pissed about Mackenzie Scott's divorce settlement amount. What did she do? She had a, ooh, ooh, what did she do? Oh my God. Way to devalue all the things. Mm-hmm. So if you are married to a dean, I will do all the legal Googling that we need to do to get you out. Yeah. Because deans come in many shapes and sizes. Yes. They're very and they're very mis- um deceiving. They are very deceiving because they're usually pretty cool. And charming. Like, yeah, and charming. This scene wasn't very charming, but I think that was intentional in the movie. But I can I see think, him being so in real like if yeah, the goal I, wasn't for him to be the bad guy. No, I bet you he was charming in class. And I bet yeah. you he was charming around chicks and at yeah. parties. They just he, didn't show him that way yeah. in this in this particular film. Because he felt film. safe with Gary. Wait mm-hmm. until the ignorant assholes feel safe with you. And then they're like, you yeah. know. Yeah. And you're like, no, I don't know. Step back. Step back. I don't need the, you know. And the first time someone talks to you ignorant, like Dean talks to Gary, you believe them and you act on it. Because that's Amen. who they truly are. That's who yeah. they truly are. If you have a friend who is pissed off that the bros movie exists, they're always going to be pissed off when we have progression in our country. So they got to go. I love the bros movie. We so all good. love I the bros it. movie. I saw it three times. <laughs> but it... But if you've gotten a text message that because they let black people into Middle Earth, it's not true to some dead guy's text. Those people have to go because they're going to fight for they're going to fight everything. They're going to be the first people that vote. I don't know, like mm, gay marriage. Is not that big of a deal? They're the, I'm still going to vote straight party because I can yeah, I will say I do want to acknowledge, though, that it is really hard to make that decision when you have history with somebody. Definitely. I had a similar situation in 2020 where someone said something during, you know, the summer of unrest yeah. and our sheriff had come out and even said, this is not how we behave in law enforcement. This is abhorrent. Um, And a certain person made a comment comfortable in my presence mm-hmm. because we'd known each other for some time and you and said something where i was just like wow even our local law enforcement came out and said that was a bad guy mm-hmm. or the action was bad i don't think they yeah. said he was a bad guy i think they said his action was bad yeah and that, um, that's what you said with me right here in the privacy because you think i'm because we've known each other for so long so you obviously feel i'm a safe person but you still you felt safe enough to say that to me a person of color Because they don't value you. <laughs> and I well, and there's a whole yeah, there's a whole lot of that person didn't value me history that mm-hmm. it was that moment that woke me up to reflecting on the relationship and realizing this is not a situation I'm, I need to be in. I'm gonna start answering the phrase I love you with then vote for my body autonomy. Yeah, honestly. Then vote to make sure that I'm safe on the streets. Mm-hmm. I have a story about that I will tell you offline because it's not for public consumption. Yeah. Um, 
I would like to thank Jules for bringing the empathy into my burn it all to the ground and then walk away from it attitude. But I am so tired. I am so tired. And people know why I walk away from them is because they say ignorant shit. I think And then the story becomes, and I think this is what happens to Gary too. Oh, Nelly can't hang. Yeah. <laughs> And they, do. They, do, they totally do when when kate bosworth breaks up with him and she's like gary we're on different paths and i think that you know you're on the wrong side of this or whatever the bullshit she yeah. says and you're just like gary's on the right side of history bitch i mean i'm glad she came around did she we came say around. that she came around have we noted that it yet? wasn't until gary was in that car accident Gary had to almost die for her to realize <laughs> for her to shake they wouldn't Julius's let her hand. in the hospital room but they let julius in and she had to reflect like why would they yeah like, oh my god julius that fine looking man mm. there was a line and i can't remember what the line is or when it even happens in the movie and it says, make sure to talk about the difference between liking someone and respecting someone. Maybe it was the Dean thing where maybe Gary said something stupid like, I like you, Dean, but I cannot respect you. Well, and there, but I, I feel like there was a lot of that in the movie, especially with Coach Yost, mm -hmm. because in the final scene, and I don't know if this is where it prompted you, but this prompts, this is what yeah. prompted me. In the final game, they're getting creamed by this mm -hmm. team that thinks they're the New York Jets. Um, New York Giants, whatever. whatever. I also don't football. And Coach Yo says, you know, we've been talking a whole lot about how we need to trust men by the measure of they are, not the color of their skin. And it's time I finally do the same. Coach Boone, I need help. They're kicking us out. They're beating us up out there. Mm -hmm. And this whole time he's doing this whole movie, he's doing things that sort of are perceived, in my opinion, as being a defense of what's happening. Right. Like this is the times we need to move with it. Like I'm going to join the 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 um, coaching staff because yeah. it's a job and I want to protect my boys. But he's always into it for protecting his boys. But if you're not really paying attention, you could see it as he's doing the right thing indirectly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because he's still respecting Coach Boone. He's still respecting the sport. He's still respecting the decision of the board. Until he's not, because the board's like, we're going to fuck over Boone. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I've been in a lot of situations socially where I've been well-liked, but probably not well-respected. Hey, we've got it. Oh. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just kidding. They left. They left. Because I just heard maybe it was one of those people who liked me but didn't respect me. Oh, <laughs> oh you hate to see it. Um, I'm a fun, charismatic girl. Mm -hmm. I can usually turn a work turn the world around with my smile. I'm a Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore type of bitch. <laughs> Magnetic, who can turn even. The world with with smile. <laughs> I can make a nothing day and make it all seem worthwhile. Yeah. Um, it's me, girl, and I know it. Yeah. <laughs> but so what ends up happening because I'm so charismatic and fucking charming and I know it is that I truly believe that there are a lot of people in the room who not only like the fact that I've got jokes, but they also respect me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you watch by proxy how they mm -hmm. talk to other women in the room 
or other people in the room and you're like, nope, never mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. You just like that. I got jokes. You mm-hmm. like that adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a lot of boys who liked to sleep with me. They did not respect me. That's true for a lot of us. I know. Put them in the comments. We will, It'll be afterwards. We won't read their names out loud. But if you need a moment to write, say their names, we'll write them in the comments. If mm-hmm. you need to be like, yep, this one did it. He did it to me. This one did it. It's he not- liked sleeping with me, but he did not respect me. No. And I feel like, I feel like you can like someone without respecting them i find it very hard to respect someone without actually liking them yeah i'm having i'm I'm literally trying to think is there anybody that i like that i don't respect people people literally try to make that argument and it's like well i can still have them around even though i don't respect anything that comes out of their mouth no (laughs) just i i think i've told you the story before there was this person that used to come around our group and everyone was like why are you so awful to her i said i'm not awful to her i just don't play into her because i don't think that i don't think she's charming i don't think her stories are good like she just bless her heart that you all think that she is a fun person to be around i do not see it right not everyone deserves to be in my presence so more people need to start being grateful yeah and then people be like you're so mean to her i'm not being mean me standing here not saying anything isn't being mean just because i didn't tell her to leave and I have. <laughs> so yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I just can't if I don't respect you, it's hard for me to be well, and I don't buy into the kindergarten notion that we all do have to be friends and we do all do have to like one another. And just because you wound up at the same chilies as I did, I have to respect you. Yeah, I feel like oh, maybe that's it. Like a polite hello is yeah. fine. Yeah. And I, and I hate when people are like, well, God made everyone to love everybody. Shut up. (laughs) Did he he though? Because I feel like we wouldn't have any of these problems if he did. Maybe he did, but I think you missed the ball in carrying that out. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. A hundred percent. You get to tell me that when you show me your ballot and whether or not you voted for everyone to have marital rights or not be enslaved. Or that. Because there is a state that chose to keep that on the ballot because they dumb. Yeah. I saw that meme. Yeah. Yeah. So don't come at me with you got to be nice to everybody because we're all God's children. I don't blame him. It's sometimes, you know, we're all different kinds of magnets. We don't need to, we don't need to force it. You know, there are people, there are people on this planet who think that I am a horrible person who do not find me charming, who think that I'm not kind and you know what? That's their experience. And I am not going to apologize for it because I probably think the same of them too. But then there's the other side of the coin where people think I'm delightful and lovely mm-hmm. and the most generous person. Because you know what? The people who probably see the bad in me probably bring out the bad in me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's their fault. <laughs> Is that what I was saying? Shit. <laughs> um. Do you okay? One last thing that I want to talk about is when Petey and Rev tried to tell Babyface, Sunshine. Ryan Gosling, and Sunshine that they cannot go into that diner, and they're like, "It's fine, my privilege will leak into you." And I'm like, "We're not at that point in the timeline yet, gentlemen. Mm-mm. Are we ever at that point in the timeline? <laughs> no. no, but people like to believe that they have privilege by proximity, so I wanted to respect that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. 
And then, you know, I think Petey gets upset about it because he's a, you know, he's the emotional one. He's an empath. And, Let's just right, call him an empath. And Rev will just pray about it later. Yeah. Um, and I wrote, this was the note I wrote down for that. I was like, oh, when your white friends eat dinner with you out for the first time, and then they didn't know how to listen to your oppression. And I'm like, yeah, I watched that happen before. <laughs> yeah. And Petey calls him out. He doesn't see it because he don't want to know. Yeah. It's very comfortable to pretend like your favorite restaurant isn't owned by racist people of shit. Mm -hmm. And that everyone's welcome. It is very comfortable to sit there and eat your french fries and pretend like you're not being treated differently because you are sitting at a table filled with people of color. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there was another point. Oh, it was when that shitty ass coach. What? Here's the, the sidekick to Yost. No. Here's Coach Boone. They've won a game, mm -hmm. and he is giving those boys not just a good job, but a specific thing that they did well in that goddamn game. Yeah. You think I could keep track of a goddamn thing that everyone did well in that game? Mm -hmm. No. But there's Boone clapping them on the shoulder, telling them that was good offsides, good hustle, good tackle sports. Yeah. And that coach wouldn't shake his hand. And I was like, that's what it is for me. When you're so ind indignant and prideful that you can't even watch someone be good to your boys that you're supposed to love and coach and lead and whatever mm -hmm. and respect the fact that he was good to your boys. Yeah. Yes. And that scene is brilliant because earlier in a news interview, he said he reuses several negative yeah. words about black people mm -hmm. and then refers to coach Boone as a monkey. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so when coach Boone is, isn't reciprocated, he, Oh, he hey, coach, and then tosses him a banana. Yeah. Cause Denzel always going to get his. Denzel gets the last word forever and always. Yeah. Denzel always going to get his. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. He's a man on fire. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> He's one of those celebrities that honestly, he doesn't, he's not in public life in the way that some other ones do. He does a lot of work for veterans. He does a lot of charity work and he's not out here toting it. Like, look at how good I am doing my vet work. Like bring a PR team. He's just out there doing the damn work. Mm -hmm. And I love him for it. We love you, Denzel. This is our plug. For also Denzel. do a 23 and me so I can confirm your son and I are not related. It's fine if you want to date your cousin. We're watching a whole show about it. Per the crown. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, the way that the white people immediately turn on Coach Yost because we love to demonize someone who isn't on the side of hate. Yeah. And power. It's like, we're powerful over here. If you start acting like they're people, they might think they're people. The best parts were whenever they would reference back to being church folk. And you're just yes. like, this is not how God wants you to behave. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. If a little girl who kicks grown men when she doesn't like what they got to say can learn to appreciate and integrate and stop her bigotry that she's grown up with in Virginia her entire life. Even though she is very disappointed, her daddy is not going to win a trophy. Then I feel like grown men who love God should be able to do it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I do want to add, if memory serves, Kojios does eventually make it into yes. the High School Hall of Fame. He gets to do it. And we're proud of you, Kojios. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Light a candle, give the Ouija. Um, I can't keep track of who's all dead. Who did <laughs> my sister tried to tell me was dead last year? Stalker Channing. Is not like, dead. We would have. No, she's alive. I know. Oh, my okay. sister tried to tell me. She's like, I said something about I can't wait to be Stalker Channing or whatever. And maybe she'll hang out or whatever. And my sister was like, Stalker Channing died. And I was like, IMDb does not have an end date on her. And she's <laughs> like, oh, I'm a liar. I thought she had died. And, and the shit I get from my family when I don't know someone has died. Because one time. I was like, Janice Joplin's coming to Dayton. And my mom was like, no, she's not. She's been dead 10 years. And I was like, oh, a Janice Joplin impersonator. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. keep track of everybody. There's uh, just, there's 7 billion people on this. I think it's actually 8 billion now. Yeah. So, yeah. And if anyone in the comments who thought that you would stumble upon this movie and we would know things about football and want to talk football, um, here's my last uh, note on the actual sport. What in the hell is the honest to God point of the goddamn men who just crash into one another when the ball moves? These just men that just hit one another. What's the point of that? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, isn't it the audacity of, Amer- of the United States of America to take a sport that is already known as football and call it something else so they can call American football football? Yeah, and then they come up with a whole other ass where they're like, soccer? Stop it. Yeah. Stop. Nobody knows what soccer is. When you no one knows state. what soccer is. Um, the th- only things I know about football are as follows. They wear tight little pants. Mm-hmm. They crash into each other. Uh-huh. And they have sexy arms. You forgot the part where they have enough concussions per year that it fries their brain. And then when they murder their wives... <laughs> We just let it go because their brain had a spasm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OJ. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to the OJ you were wrong about. <laughs> oh my. I haven't. There are I, so many OJ you were wrong about. <laughs> I haven't even attempted because I'm like, because it, because I remember all of that happening so vividly. And then my sister says that they don't even finish them because she just keeps finding people to feature. She's like, you never get to the trial. And I was like, what do you mean you never get to the trial? I'm going to have to rewatch that FX show, Eye Opening. Yes. I love the American Crime Story series, as you know. Yes. And they also did, what was her name? Marsha Clark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She has a series. She did a one season series and it's loosely based. Though she kind of denies that it was ever based on OJ. And I can't remember what it's called. Listen, if Marsha Clark wants to be on Team Tolerator, i talk to her for an I'll hour. I bet she's it. fascinating. I'll find the IMDb and send it to you because I think you would actually enjoy the show. Because um, Max Medina's in it and he plays this horrible, gross um, attorney. And you're just like, no, you're supposed to be the sweet, delightful guy that Lorelai didn't love. <laughs> yeah, but he's also Shep and New Girl. Or is that, is, are there two Max Greenfields? I said Max Medina from there we Gilmore go. Girls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just heard what I wanted to hear. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. Um, um, but, and if uh, 
Marsha isn't available, I will take Sarah Paulson. If Sarah oh, Paulson just wants to talk about the research that she did for the role. Yeah. I love and that. the haircut mm-hmm. that she had to get. Yeah. She, man, gosh, she really becomes the character she plays. Like, Listen, if Sarah wants to talk to me about anything, it doesn't have to be on the record. I'll just tell people that we talked. Yeah. She's, she's an incredible actress. I'm very impressed with her skill and ability. My last note for the movie I like that they have a rom-com line for the coaches at the last game. They have, <laughs> they have this line where they just like look at one another and tell one another without telling one another how much they love each other. And I'm like, look at that rom-com line <laughs> between two grown-ass men. Yeah, you, you. no one else could have done it but you, Boone. You were the right man for the job. And then your Hall of Fame in my book. <laughs> That's what it was. Your Hall of Fame in my book. <laughs> I was like, look at that. That was beautiful. They're that was a beautiful exchange. They're just being little cuties. I ship it. I ship Boone and Yost. I know they have, well, Yost used to have a wife. Uh- <laughs> Boone, ha- yeah, Boone, ma- Boone died within six months of when his wife died, and they have three kids. I know. It's like, babies. Sad. Well, Jules, we've come to the time where we need to ask you if you're still comfortable with Remember the Titans being the only sports movie that I'll watch twice. I'm still comfortable. I fucking love this movie. I think I'll always love this movie. I think a lot of times, too, when we have movies that are about sort of race relations, like there are ones that are like really have a lot of issues like the help oh, and God. i recently learned hidden figures has some problems which i'm not damn fully, it. fully aware of myself but i think i know i think remember the titans will always have a special place in my heart because it's the year my parents got married and the oh. year it was released was kind of the in 2000 was sort of my I to, the year 2000 is when I started having a hard time with my racial identity and being very yeah. very confused and remember the Titans kind of infused being proud of being mixed but it wasn't strong enough it wasn't as strong as it is now yeah. but it sort of planted that seed of like look I'm the product of something that overcame this yeah I love that answer I too am comfortable with remember the Titans um, my new favorite game is going to be when ignorant white people also know that I did the show about Remember the Titans and they go, I love Remember the Titans. I'm going to start saying, oh, if only you would have listened. <laughs> I love that response. If only you, I understand that Disney gave you a pretty package with Denzel and your brain went, we think Denzel's hot. So we're not racist. <laughs> I can't think, I can't be racist if I think Denzel's hot. Oh my God. The preview for the new Rocky movie with Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. I was like, y'all, y'all, I can't with the fighting movies, but you best believe I'm going to watch that movie because you cannot, you cannot put both those men. They are beautiful. I love Michael B. Jordan. You cannot put them in a movie shirtless and expect me not to show up. Number one, I did not know that we had a Creed number two. So when they flashed Creed number three, I was like, ooh, I missed something. I haven't seen any of them. I don't like Rocky. I haven't seen any of them. I don't like Rocky. I'm not a Rocky fan. I don't give a shit. But Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors. Yes, please. Sorry to derail our closing. Ooh, I missed something. Yeah. I love Michael B. Jordan, and I won't say anything about Black Panther and or whether or not he was involved. (laughs) 
because people still haven't seen it. People still haven't seen it. When do you think it's appropriate for me to start I don't spoiling know. Black Panther? Somebody I follow, a, com- a comedian I follow is like, y'all have till Monday. <laughs> like I find today. That fair. Yeah, I, I find that thir- fair. Yeah, Thursday, because he saw a Thursday showing. He's like, y'all have till Monday. Till Monday. That's what we gave for Don't Worry, Darling. And that movie actually has spoilers. Like, you have to actually, like, it ruins yeah. the whole thing if we just tell you the plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is currently streaming now on HBO Max. Yeah, and we still have our Still Comfy episode with Mario from Movies with Mr. Mario up on, I believe, this, no, your YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. It's, it's on, on our here. Still Comfy playlist. <laughs> That's why I put them all on a playlist. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I can just say my channel. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, um, Black Panther. There was something that you brought up, and I believe it was about Black Joy. It may have been about me being like, white people love to love black people music, but not actually respect the black people around them. Yeah. AKA the temptations. Um, Would you like to tell everyone um, how frustrating it was to sit near people who had never heard African music before? (laughs) I don't know where people live, Jules, where they're confused when drums happen in a song. (laughs) And this is the end, like, this is before we get, this is, like, when the music starts rolling, it's very much an African influence, right? Y'all never seen The Lion King? And the the couple next, first of all, this woman talked the whole fucking time. And I told Natalie this, I really wish I had gotten to experience watching Black Panther in a theater with a more diverse crowd, because I was probably the only Black person in the room. That's so unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And so the music starts, and she goes, oh what is this i don't think i like this girl we just watched a movie about wakanda like every lead character in this film is brown or black oh my god <laughs> just like, did you call you should have whispered something about her being a colonizer I should have, but I think her husband got the message because in the beginning montage, you know, when they do the Marvel, mm-hmm. they bring it up to Marvel and there's like a streaming roll of credits yeah. of Marvel stuff. Yeah. She, oh, well, that was such a nice montage. Me. <sighs> I was silently weeping at that part. Me too. I got a good 10 minutes of her being fucking quiet at that point but yeah. that was it so i should have sighed more because i because yeah, I refuse to talk in a movie theater that's not why we're here if we wanted to talk about the movie i'm gonna rent it and sit on my couch so we can talk about the movie during the movie i talk during scary movies and movies that i know are bad but i went anyways listen i don't that's my right these scary <laughs> movies so i feel like i can't be mad at that but like if the movie's bad what are you gonna do you know i, you know what? I feel I feel like scary movies were made so we all made noise in the movie theater unless it was that fucking John Krasinski in The Quiet Place. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Yeah, which I um, refuse to see because we all know I can't handle it. I truly don't know where people have been when they get so confused when like a drum is in a song. I Number one, I stopped moving. You can't yeah. keep me still during a rhythm. And I literally was wearing this. I was wearing my black Barbie shirt. Like, yeah, we love that black Barbie shirt. You've been watching and wearing that the last 15 times I've seen you on camera. I know, it's, it's literally, I'm just so happy Barbie made black Barbie and then made black Barbie appear. You know what? I did a Target pickup today. I didn't even try to look to see if I could just order that sweatshirt and pick it up with my skin to mint. 
I've been wearing the wrong deodorant. I've been wearing my like purse deodorant for emergencies because my deodorant, you know, fell. Oh, <laughs> it, it did the, the yeah, guy. The yeah. guy. <laughs> Yeah. And so I've been wearing the wrong deodorant and boy, can I tell around 2 p.m. I'm like, mm, this just doesn't have the lasting power as my degree, mm-hmm. <laughs> as my degree, sexy intrigue or whatever the fuck it is <laughs> that I wear. That's what it's called. <laughs> it's called degree, sexy intrigue. I love it. I love it. Let me know if you want me to sponsor you with that. Like, I'm just like, oh man, I really thought my purse deodorant was my brand, but it's definitely it's not. Definitely not. It's definitely not. And just getting my chicken wings out. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, I'm still very comfy with Remember the Titans. I'm going to start being uncomfy to the people who watched Remember the Titans but did not perceive the message. Yeah. Or thought that watching Remember the Titans once cured their internalized racism. Ooh, good point. Right. Remember the Titans, it's like it's like the white fragility book of mm-hmm. two of the early two thousands. Like I read that book. You're right, you're cured. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that Denzel movie. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone who loves to kill a mockingbird and I'm over here like it's a white savior book. And then a friend of mine like year a couple years ago was like oh my god did you know to kill a walking bird is a white savior book this is a new friend like like (laughs) i met her in 2019 so like i felt like it was okay for her to say that because she hasn't been listening to me talk about how to kill a mockingbird is white savior and i was like yeah girl it totally is she's like oh my god she was like how does that make you feel it's like let's just say it's not a book in my top 10. did you tell her about how the crowd ads is just a it's just to kill a mockingbird but with a white girl in the swamp no i haven't because she hasn't read the book so if she asks me about my recommendation i am going to kind of lead with that it's just to kill a mockingbird but with a white girl in the swamp that everyone who read the book assumed was black because she was having a bad time and i'm like that's also wrong (laughs) stop yelling at taylor swift about this Everyone stop yelling at Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's not her fault. Don't get mad at her just because she's more talented than you. Like, come on. She's, you know, stop yelling. Stop yelling at women. God damn it. Everyone put put the energy that you would like to yell at Taylor Swift with and manifest me getting my Taylor Swift tickets. That's a good, I, yeah, do that. Three out of four of us, I'm the fourth, have gotten codes. So I feel like I'm the loser of my group. (laughs) I'm like, what did I do? Ticketmaster knows. <laughs> Ticketmaster knows, like she ain't the one with money. She can't be in charge of getting the oh the the tickets. The tickets. Whatever. I told my I told my friend I'd sell my car if it meant that we got good tickets. I love <laughs> I was like, I'll just sell my car. It's fine. I love that. Friends, this is Natalie Katona with two all the men I've tolerated before. Um, you can catch new episodes of to all the men i've tolerated before on thursdays haha just kidding this thursday is our last new episode until 2023 because we're going on holiday break but natalie what will you do in the meantime to make sure that you are consistent because that is the rule of podcasting that will make you money one day i'm so glad that you asked (laughs) i i will be releasing the audio versions of our still comfy episodes that jules was kind enough to provide me what else will I be doing? Oh my gosh. Do you know? I'll be designing more merch. 
merch. I will also be making bracelets that you can uh, purchase on my Poshmark and my Etsy. Uh, there will be art prints for days. And I don't, maybe I'll nap. I don't know. I think like my birthday's on Christmas. Maybe I'll take that day off. I don't know though. Um, and I'm going to go see the zoo lights at the Cincinnati Zoo. So that's what I'll be doing. But if you're new to this, welcome. Um, all of the episodes of To All the Men I've Tolerated Before can be found wherever you find podcasts. And we're on Instagram at Men I've Tolerated Pod. There's a handy little link because I know people don't like to Google things. And then it'll tell you all the places you can listen. Jules? Hello, friends. Jelly Pops. Jelly Pops. I'm your host of Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, Julia Washington, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. And you can find new episodes of our show every Wednesday because that way you listen to my show and then you get to listen to Natalie's the next day so we don't have any competition because you should be listening to us both. Right. It's an hour of your week. It's two if you listen to both of us. Yeah. And we spread it out so that way you can make sure that you're giving us the same amount of attention. I make a TikTok every week that shows you all the ways that you could be listening to us because I love you. Yes. And, and I don't want you to stress about it. I, I feel like our, our friends at home should really appreciate all the work you do in that. Should they appreciate us enough that they join Patreon? I was going to say other ways that you can support <laughs> both of us that Natalie left for me to mention is our patreons you can support both of our shows at patreon.com slash men i've tolerated before yep or and and because you support us you want to be in both clubs you want to be in both clubs because we're kind of amazing and and you get different (laughs) with each one so patreon.com slash men i've tolerated pod patreon.com com slash pop culture makes me jealous and you get all kinds of tons of really cool perks by being patrons so check it out also you can find my show wherever you stream your podcasts or on our website pop culture makes me jealous we also have merch we also have that's it for the show um this week we're talking about a simple plan the movie starring blake lively and anna kendrick one of my favorite movies that I brought up on a Patreon episode. Love that. Um, our guest is Mario Mello. He's a regular. Natalie and I have done shows with him, and he's a regular on Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I also want to add, for all the other things that Natalie and I do, the crafty, artsy things, it's actually kind of cool shit. It doesn't add any sort of stress or anything to your life. And for the low, low price of whatever we're selling it for, you can have some joy in your life. This is a work in progress. It's not done yet. (laughs) See see the joy that you could have in your life. So, you know, check us out. Natalie's got a link tree. I also have a link tree. Um, You can find me on Instagram, the Julia Washington. There's a link tree there. So just support small local businesses, especially during this holiday season. Jeff Bezos has enough money. Fuck Jeff Bezos. I mean, he is funding my Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah, so he, and he also announced that he's giving away all, like the bulk of his wealth. But you know what, Bezos? He's still union busting, so I'm not pleased. <laughs> I didn't get my email that I was getting Bezos money. Where's my email? Honestly, he could literally honestly. pay off all of our student debt, I feel like. And he should. 
because they and sued they Biden. And they're going to fucking lay off 11,000 employees or 10,000 employees from Amazon. So I love that you have all these profits, but still find a, a, a way to fire people. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, is when you support businesses like Natalie and myself, you are supporting local small businesses who do things to keep their communities thriving local and online and should you be a person in dayton or in the california area that jules is in <laughs> i don't know if she wants to say <laughs> my nondescript area i talk about i live in modesto yep. george lucas is from here somebody just started a satire account about modesto's love for george lucas and it's really fucking funny <laughs> I implore you to say hello to me when you see me on the streets. It makes me feel very famous. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I once had a man from uh, walk the streets with me one time and several people said hello to me. And he was like, does that happen wherever you go? And I went, it sure does. <laughs> yes. I love that. And that was before the podcast. So mm, just imagine now. Um, Next tomorrow, Tuesday. And next Tuesday. No, not next Tuesday because Thanksgiving. Next week we're taking a break. That's right. I'm going to see Legally Blonde. But tomorrow, Tuesday, we will be on Jules's Instagram covering the crown. R.I.P. Elizabeth. And we'll be talking about Princess Diana and her impact on our childhood. Yes. Season five, episodes one and two is what we'll be specifically covering. But we cannot guarantee that we will stay focused on those episodes because we lived through this season in real life. We did. We did. I had the commemorative. Maybe I'll find it. I had the Beanie Baby. I, Maybe I, would, I would love if you found it and then shared it with everybody on the live. I'll look. I got bins. Um, so anyone, anyways, everybody, in December, we're only doing Still Comfy Movies once, and it's going to be The Santa Claus yes. with horrendously uncomfy Tim Allen. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Not Daddy Santa Claus, Kurt Russell. No. Horrendously uncomfy Santa Claus, Tim Allen. Yes. One day, we'll do Daddy Santa. <laughs> And do the Santa Chronicles. <laughs> Kurt Russell it is not okay, but we're grateful for you. Yeah. He's daddy. daddy. I saw that Santa ad and I was like, ooh, when does Santa become daddy? Right? <laughs> like, hello. hello. I've been girl. a good girl. I've been the best girl. <laughs> and with that, I implore you to stay cozy, stay comfy, and we'll see you tomorrow at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Do the Disney wave. Oh no, my mouse is dead. We're never gonna get off. Oh my gosh, this is the live that never.